Watch podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the February issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Winter Interceding Legumes. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by the co-authors, Ben Beckman, as well as Brad Schick, who are both Nebraska Extension Beef Educators. Thanks for joining me today, guys. Glad to be here, Aaron. Thanks for having us, Aaron. Well, Ben, Brad, this is the time of year when most folks aren't thinking about going out and planting something, but this is a time of year when actually interceding some legumes into pastures may be an option. Share with us the value of interceding legumes, some things that producers need to think about as they're considering that for pastures, and why this time of year may have application for that. So like you said, Aaron, winter isn't usually a time that we think about um, going out and, and doing any sort of planting or seeding. Uh, but with a lot of our legume species, those seeds are going to be pretty winter hardy. Um, they're hard seed. And so if we can get them out and get good soil contact, um, even now in the middle of winter, uh, we have a chance of them germinating and, and growing in the spring. And so the purpose of our article was just to get folks kind of thinking along those lines and, and possibly considering some different options for getting some legumes out into a pasture. And of course, the the first step whenever we're talking about doing anything like that is uh, making sure that we're choosing the appropriate location and that we're not just wasting our times and efforts. Um, so making sure that uh, we've possibly gone out and done a soil test um, here recently may, didn't have to be necessarily this last year, but so we know maybe what the pH is, what the phosphorus levels are in those soils. Those are really critical to making sure that we get a, a good established sand if we're trying to go out and do some interseeding. Um, really important for getting those legumes up and going. Uh, and just also looking at the management of that pasture. Uh, if we've got a lot of weed pressure in that pasture and we know that we're going to have to be doing some herbicide spraying or, or other control methods in the future, uh, legumes are really sensitive to herbicides. So um, that might not be a good place to go out and try to establish something if we're going to turn around in the fall and have to spray for, you know, Canadian thistles or, or do some leafy spurge spraying in the spring and just knock out those efforts. Let's talk a little bit about the kinds of sites that lend themselves to interceding. And you mentioned, you know, pastures that are adequate in terms of their phosphorus content and also adequate in terms of pH. If we're not adequate there, what do we need to think about doing before we make the effort to intercede some legumes? That might just be looking at those things critically. It might be as simple as saying that's not a good spot to do some establishment. You know, we can add phosphorus, we can add lime usually when we're looking at pH issues uh, to help raise that pH. Um, but those are going to be input costs that we're going to have to balance out with what we're going to actually get out of adding the legumes into the system. So we're going to have to look at that critically and, and just figure out are those costs of that additional fertilization uh, worth the benefit that we're going to get in terms of feed quality. You know, if we're already have a pasture that we might be applying nitrogen to, um, that reduction that we're going to have in, in nitrogen fertilizer application over the course of several years as those legumes establish. What you said there, Aaron, you know, it's just something that's kind of, we're going to have to look at critically and, and walk through that process. It's not kind of a easy yes or no decision in those circumstances. Once I've identified or I've applied the necessary amendments to get that soil in that location to a place where it's adequate to support legume growth, what are the things do I need to think about in terms of preparing that site 
to try to ensure I have good success? Uh, so we need to be looking at, uh, since we're doing an interseeding, there's going to be competition from the, the other plants around. Um, so if we have a site, especially with, you know, a, a dry fall, maybe we have a pasture that we grazed a little bit heavily in the fall, um, got that a little bit short, that actually might be a really great candidate for doing an interseeding um, because those grasses and those already established plants are, are going to be a little bit stressed. Um, they're not going to be as competitive in their growth in the spring. And so if we can get seed out into those locations, those seedlings have a, a better chance of getting up and, and going um, before they have to start really competing with the, the surrounding plants. Additionally, uh, we can look at doing some management practices in the, in the spring, um, doing some targeted grazing and um, knocking those plants down in the spring as they're growing without damaging those seedlings. But at this point in the middle of the winter, um, it's really going to be a matter of uh, looking at our fall utilization of those pastures and, and seeing if we can utilize that uh, to some of our benefit. As we think about going out and getting seed into the soil, there are some different options available to us. How should we think about those different options and where they have application? So, you know, one of the things you need to think about is, is first, whether or not it's a good location, like we talked about, and then uh, what kind of labor you have available too. So, uh, you know, Ben will talk about the feeding seed and I'll talk about, you know, frost seeding and, and really those are some really good options when we talk about this winter period um, when there's labor maybe more available than in later in the spring when we're, when we're trying to plant or, or do other calving uh, things. The frost seeding is great because uh, you can put it out there and it doesn't matter what the weather really is, as long as the field's open and as long as there's available uh, moisture later in the spring. Like Ben talked about, one of the things after that is making sure that we have good uh, competition for our seedlings. Uh, that heavy flash grazing might be really good in the spring when we are uh, trying to set back those, those established grasses and allow those legumes to, to take, take root and take off. So as we record this, the eastern half of Nebraska just had a pretty major snowstorm and there's a lot of places where there's snow on the ground. As we think about going out and broadcasting seed or something like that, is this a good time to do that? Or how should we think about when we go out and broadcast seed in terms of getting it incorporated with that freeze thawing that occurs and some soil heaving? So the short answer to that is, is no, uh, there's too, too much snow right now. Um, you know, you want as little snow as possible uh, because the, the biggest thing we could do for a problem is go out, broadcast that seed uh, in thick snow. And then when snow starts melting, all that seed that we just bought washes to your neighbors or washes down, down the creek. Um, so really we want to try to have as open or as little snow as possible. The other thing too, is we want to make sure there's plenty of freeze thaw time left. So that's uh, usually not a problem, uh, you know, in, in Eastern Nebraska uh, or, or most of the states surrounding um, because generally in the later or later winter, there's some snow gone, but there's still enough of those freeze thaw opportunities, even just freezing at night um, where we can get out and seed uh, before before the grass is too tall or, or before uh, it makes it not worth our time to go out and broadcast seed. What are we thinking about in terms of a seeding rate and also what kind of legumes are we thinking about from a frost seeding in terms of success 
uh, which ones do the best, and then maybe what are other ones that would lend themselves more towards drilling than a, than a broadcast frost seeding type scenario. Yeah, so it, a lot of the legumes are, are really good. Um, you know, the general ones we talk about are, are the alfalfas, uh, clovers, uh, both red and even white, some people use. Uh, but the bird's foot trefoil is good. You know, any of those are, are good candidates for uh, broadcast seeding. Uh, you know, alfalfa it would be maybe better to uh, drill, uh, but that's just because we know that alfalfa works well when we drill, to be quite honest. Uh, some of the, the recommendations for seeding rates, it really kind of depends on what your goals are. Um, you know, if you're using bird's foot trefoil, which doesn't uh, cause bloat, then you can probably have a higher uh, planting rate, seeding rate, uh, if you are concerned about bloat. So, but if you're, you want to make sure you don't have bloat issues, uh, unlike some alfalfa, you might want a little bit lower uh, seeding rate so that the uh, composition of the pasture isn't so much legumes. You know, we want to shoot for anywhere from 25% legumes to 40% legumes in, in, in an established uh, stand. Uh, you know, not the first year necessarily, but maybe a couple of years down the road after doing this sort of seeding. Uh, in terms of the actual rate, you know, some will suggest a few pounds, um, depending on the seed size as well. Uh, so it really comes down to your, uh, your goals and, and what you want the pasture to end up looking like. Also in the article, you mentioned another option to get seed out on the ground other than drilling or broadcast seeding, and that's actually feeding seed to the cattle in a salt mineral or in a supplement. Give a little perspective on why you would do that and, and what's the viability of doing something like that. So when we're looking at feeding seed, Aaron, um, I look at all of these kind of on a continuum, if you will. The best option that we have that we should go with if we can is, is drilling because we know that we're for sure getting seed soil contact. Um, you know, frost seeding probably gives us our, our next best option in, in that broadcast, uh, especially if we're meeting those criteria like Brad uh, described. And kind of on the, the lower end of um, our success story here is uh, feeding seed. Uh, not to say that that's not an option that we um, can't consider, but it's just good to go into that uh, having realistic expectations in mind. And when we're also looking at that, you, you talked about seed selection. It's important to keep that in mind as we're purchasing seed. Um, if we're going to be, you know, purchasing a really high quality seed, um, spending a lot of money on it, we probably don't want to be going out and, and throwing that in the mineral and feeding it. Um, that's something that we want to at least be looking at a, a broadcast uh, seeding and, and frost seeding or drilling it in. Um, something where we could find some, you know, cheaper seed uh, would be the opportunity we'd look at for feeding. And so uh, typically when we're feeding seed, like you mentioned, we're just going to be putting that into something like a, uh, you know, a supplement or salt mineral. Um, there's not a, a ton of studies done in this, but um, there's a little bit of work out of North Carolina State University. And uh, basically, the simpler that you can make it, the better. Um, and that's, I guess, kind of the appeal of feeding seed is that it's uh, probably the least labor intensive option that we have available. You just mix the seed in and um, let the cattle do the work for you for the most part. Um, 
if we have just a regular seed, no coating on it, um, that's going to give us the best success of making it um, alive into the animal. Uh, if there was a seed coating, um, some studies have shown that that kind of attracted moisture um, and that uh, made the seed lose viability when we're in a high salt situation like in uh, mineral or salt. Um, and then it also reduced viability once it made it through the animal. Um, so just uh, a regular, like a red clover seed or something that's going to shoot right through the animal is our best option. And then actually there are a few things we can do on the back end of that. Uh, again, the same study kind of showed that uh, that cow pie where the seeds deposited is actually a, a little bit too dense and nutrient rich uh, once the seedlings get going and, and start germinating. So if you can go out with a harrow um, and knock those down, if you have that opportunity quick, that's actually going to improve germination rates. But Again, you know, we're looking at these options in places where we might not be able to get a drill into and really tough landscapes, things like that. And so that's probably going to limit some of our options of going out and, and harrowing afterwards. Brad, Ben, anything else you'd like to highlight on this topic in terms of thinking about winter interseeding legumes? Well, something I'd like to mention is, is kind of why we would use these legumes too, is that, you know, adding legumes to a, a pasture uh, it can or a hay field what have you, uh, can, can increase uh, the quality of that pasture, uh, the quality of the hay, and uh, you know, overall it can reduce the need of fertilizer over the life of that pasture if, if indeed uh, you have been fertilizing that with nitrogen. So that's one of the great things we can do and, and kind of averages out the quality throughout the, throughout the summer a little bit better, uh, especially on those, those cool season grasses like smooth brome grass, for example. And, and I just add on to that, just kind of the, I feel like trend of our, our conversation here is that um, if this is something that you're considering, it needs to be kind of a, a whole system um, thought process that you're going through, whether it's figuring out the right location, how that's going to be managed and, and what method you're going to be using to get your establishment going here. Um, they're all interconnected and you need to be thinking about the whole system as you make this decision, not just jump into it from one piece or another. Well, Brad, Ben, thanks again for joining me today. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Well, for more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the beef.unl.ed website. Again, the title of the article is Winter Interceding Legumes, and this can be found in the February issue of the Beef Watch newsletter.